about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. So um, last week we uh, spoke about um, taking back control, um, defeating financial debt or beating the debt trap. Uh, And although it was hard, but I believe that in the name of Jesus that we will start to follow what God says. I spoke about living on credit. I spoke about delaying payments or minimum payments. That's how you would know if you are on the debt trap, unable to save or give tithes, paying one debt with another, extravagant spending, cash advances, loan denials, uh, and then when these debts start affecting your relationship. But we also spoke about how to get out of debt um they said the first one you've got to acknowledge that you are in debt if you don't nothing's going to happen you've got to accept responsibility and stop feeling sorry for yourself you got yourself in it you have the ability to get yourself out of it i did say that you have to start now commit to becoming debt free you can do it you and then i said you have to start paying god or giving to god and yourself First, before you do anything, I spoke about the 10, 10, 80 rule, tie 10%, save 10%, live on 80%. And on Sunday, I also dealt with giving to God and I spoke about the dreaded word, the tithes. Uh, and um, you need to listen to that CD. And if you are not in church, download it because it wasn't the conventional thing. I mean, I've some, some pastors will go really mad with me on that subject. Um, but then I also spoke about having a cell, uh, setting up, learning to set up a repayment plan, um, share your plans with your creditors and stop running away from them and decide to do it in half the time and add no new debt. Don't add new debt onto it. And then lastly, I, said, I told you to learn to stick with it. And these were the whole thing that we went through um, last week uh, about taking back financial control. Today, I want to turn, us to turn to two scriptures quickly, which is in Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 1 to 7, as I want to round this message up, see how quickly I can do this today. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. You can stay on that for a while, uh, on that first scripture. So there are some certain things here that I want you to realize. Is number one, that the the woman was crying on behalf of her husband. The credentials of the husband was that he was a prophet. Two, he feared God. 
Are you following what I'm saying? And three, he served the man of God. The fact that you're a prophet does not exonerate you from not being in debt if you do not have good financial decision. You can be a pastor and be poor. He feared God, but fearing God is not an excuse for financial ignorance. So he put his entire family. Remember last week, I said that debt can affect your relationships. So he put his entire relationship in, in, in serious jeopardy because he felt that the more I serve God, God will solve my problem. Yes, but God will give you the wisdom to solve your problem. Can you see the difference? That's why my message is not very popular. Because most popular messages is anoint them, pray, and so far you're in church every single time, God will sort you out. No, he won't. He will only sort you out if you do what he tells you to do. The foolishness is not, God doesn't bless foolishness. It's not an excuse uh, for, for, for blessing. And I keep saying, you can be a prophet, you can be a pastor, you can be a bishop, and you can be foolish in the way you deal with money. Are you following what I'm saying? So just imagine, so he's a prophet, but then they were about to take his children. That, that's a real bad story. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. We always say we don't have any, nothing. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. This is one of the messages that they used to lie to you outside that use your credit card and give and God will fill your credit card back. It's erroneous, it's a lie, it's foolish, it's stupid, and it's idiotic too. Because how on earth can you tell someone to go and use your credit card to go? God said that to this woman to go and borrow jars of oil. Jars means if no oil comes into it, she will return the jar back. Is that, do you understand what I'm saying? But she's not in debt, and then they said your only way out of debt is to acquire more debt. So use your credit card and there will be a 24-hour miracle. Remember, this is stupidity and foolishness likewise. I'm trying to help you here. Um, so let's go to verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. Okay? Verse 5. He says... So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Stop there. Don't, don't go to verse 5. So let me also throw something to this. I'm just giving you some nuggets. Do, this issue that they had in the family also included the children. The children also had to do something to help to get us out of it. So for some of us who are wearing children and there's a financial issue, send them out to walk to so that you can all pay the bills together and sort out the issue. And if you are also a daughter or a son living in your parents' house, pay bills. If not, pack out and see how much bills you will pay. <laughs> there are certain things that are very easy. If you don't like your parents or what they're doing to you in the house, 
pack out, go and rent your own property, see if your landlord will be so graceful to you for not paying the bills. I'm telling you, it is cheaper to sit at home. And likewise, even in our family, when there is some issues, everyone has to tighten the belt. You can't just keep dishing out money to make a child happy when you're supposed to be able to involve the child in the process. All right, let's keep going. It's not for most of you here tonight, but I'm just saying that so you can teach others. It says, now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, she also included the son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Verse 7, then she came and told the man of God. And he said to her, go what? Pray over the oil. What did he tell her to do? Speak to me. I mean, this is good. Go do what, sir? Did he tell her there will be a 24-hour miracle and money will just come without you doing anything? He says, go and sell. And you know, selling doesn't mean, that means she will face rejection. Because a good salesman will tell you you have to go to 10 people before you probably may get one sale. Are you following what I'm saying? So there's a walk that was included. So if someone comes to me and says they're in debt and I say, go and pick up extra work. They will say, uh, Pastor, uh, I, I, I thought you would pray for me. I, I, and I always say to them very clearly, I don't pray over foolishness. Go and talk weekends. As we read from the Bible of Mail Online on Sunday, that the woman who wanted to buy property also had to do work extra hours. It's, these are very simple things. I'm not teaching anything different than what the Bible says. Very clear. He says, go sell the oil and do what? Not buy another clothes. Pay your debt. There's a vision which brings direction, which brings development. He says, go and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Did you see that? Now, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19 as I have chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, If you will only let me help you. If you will only let me help you. I'm using a different version, but I'm not sure which one. If you will only let me help you. If you will only obey. Then I will make you rich. I'm going to repeat this again. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Another version says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I think the first one I read maybe comes from the message Bible. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, let me first say this, that God uses his servants to minister in all circumstances to people at all levels of society to the rich to the poor to the powerful to the powerless uh, those who are prominent and those who are significant second chronicles 2020 the b part says hear me o judah and ye inhabitants of jerusalem believe in the lord your god so you shall be established. Second Chronicles 2020. He says, believe his prophet, so you shall prosper. Why did pastor say that? It's because many people want to hear the voice of God. But the voice of God 
a man of God, a true man of God, not these ones that are asking people to eat grass uh, outside. I just saw a video telling them, go and eat grass. Don't get me started. How even Jews that went out to eat grass? Sometimes, honestly, I just... Christianity is the only place where people lose their senses. Even if, even if I told you to go and eat grass outside, Shouldn't you just say yes, Pastor, and go and then go home? You just pack your bags and go home. It's madness. I really wish that, you know, but God is merciful. Because, and they were, <laughs> some people were eating grass. No, I wish I could show the video. Go and check it out. Pastor told congregation to eat grass. Check it. Google it. They were eating grass. I wish these are positions that God has never allowed me to be because I wish I was just walking by. I would have just got a real nice cane and beat each one of them out. Like, where in the Bible did he say you have to eat grass? So when I talk about a man of God, I'm not talking about those foolish things. A man of God is supposed to be able to inculcate truth, grace, mercy. Supposed to shape your life, fulfill your dreams, guarantee your success. A man of God is supposed to invest in you and not make you his point of investment. A man of God is supposed ah, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, South Africa, can you imagine? They were them to eat grass. Eh? Can you imagine? Uh, keep going. I think, can you look at that? That, you see, you see the foolish pastor. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't show the video because that is a mad. It, it looks like the, the, the. You, you know when you watch the Living Dead, you know those. Yeah, that's how they looked. Uh, they, they were hypnotized, isn't it? Yeah. So, but God, because of all that nonsense going on, doesn't mean that God can't speak through his servants. Um, and, and God is speaking to us now through his servants. When I talk about servants, the word of God can touch you through the preaching of the word, through, through observing the word, through close proximity to a man of God in which his life shows you, not that what he says. Um, it's like a Ruth to a Naomi. It's like an Eli- Elisha to an Elijah. It's like a Joshua to a to a Moses. You know, so the God really does use His people, and God is using us now to speak into your lives. However, obedience is the key to financial healing. Obedience. Miracles are not an issue of chance, but an act of obedience. The Bible says here, he says you must be willing and obedient. So there are two instructions there. 
two different words. He says you must be willing and obedient. Why did he say willing and obedient? In that there a willing man has a lot of talk, but sometimes no action. Must, you must be willing. You must be willing. So, if there is no will, there will be no obedience. I must have the will to get out of debt. I must decide to get out of debt. Are you following what I'm saying? I, I must decide to have financial freedom. I must decide not to be depressed by finances. Are you following what I'm saying? There has to be that will. I, I must have a will to lose weight. I must have a will to eat light. I must have a will to exercise. I must have a will to stay in this marriage. So the Bible says you've got to be willing. I must have a will to serve God. Not I'm just talking about it. When the will doesn't come into place first, there is no point of obedience. It's like I have to have conviction before I can take the step. I have to have a vision before I can move on. So the Bible says you must be willing. You must be willing. But many people are willing. I have a will. I'm going to clear my debt. I have a will. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to have a will. I will help out in church. I'm going to have a will uh, to go to university. I'm going to do that master's. I have a will to do that driving test. But most of the time, it is empty barrels making noise. They have good intentions, but no effort. So the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 13, 22, he says the thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is clouded out by the cares of this life and the law of wealth so no crop is produced. He says it becomes unfruitful, the cares of the world. So they were willing, so you were willing, you came to church. You were willing, you listened to the message. That's just the first step. Because the willingness comes into your heart as the word. However, there's another step that goes beyond being, having that will to what I call obedience. You cannot obey except you are willing. Are you following what I'm saying? So, even in the book of Matthew, or the Synoptic Gospels, there was a case of a man who first said, no, I'm not going to do it, and then he did it. The, the, the prodigal son had to first be, had to have that will to go back home before he obeyed it. Jesus had to have the will to follow God's voice before he could obey. But many times there are a lot of people in church, including the church called Worship Tabernacle, that are very willing but are never obedient. Oh, I can join that team, but I can't make nine o'clock. Willing. Obedience is your covenant access to abundance. We're talking about financial obedience now. Isaac prospered when he obeyed to sow in the land of famine. 
So let me say this to everyone here and those who may hear by tape, that the way out of financial calamity is to respond to the word of God. Because everybody is believing God for abundance, but how many people are obeying God for abundance? Let me say this again. Many people are believing God for abundance, but how many people are actually obeying God for abundance? When we make a poll in our lives, most calamities that have befallen us is because of a lack of obedience, a lack of listening to advice. Even our parents that we so much love, we are in this position because we didn't listen to them. And most of the times, the parents we even didn't listen to is the parents we have now gone back to when trouble has ensued. Did you not hear when they said to you or your friend said to you, this man you're going out with is a low life? They said it. You knew that it was a low life, but you kept praying. So, so you were willing but not obedient. You kept praying. He beat you up. He cheated you. He cheated on you. Recently, I just found out uh, in the newspaper a girl that went and accosted the guy at the airport because they went out to a I hope you all cared about that. This is all where she's the guy. I like I like reading these things. I like to share these things with you. So the girl, if you don't know, let me let me let me help you. Uh, because it might help some of you ladies in church too. So the guy is going out with this girl after two months, two months. I warn you, after two months. You now went out to a bar, wrong place. You should have come to church. Uh, went out to a bar. The guy says, oh, I forgot my card. So the girl gave him his card. She clo- he cloned the card. And then bought, she just suddenly saw flowers and then trips. He used her card to take another girl off to France as a holiday. Used it to pack the holiday, book the flight, look. Fortunately, she now started listening to other people and got the police to meet him at the airport as with his big buff biceps and all that. You see, they, 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 let me warn <laughs> Let me warn you. Many of you that are going for looks, looks is, a man could look nice and be extremely foolish and devilish. The guy is handsome, big biceps and all that, but no brain. Can't help you. So he met, bam, met, she met him at the airport and they arrested him for fraud uh, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you really dig deep, the signs were there. Sometimes the signs are there. You do, you don't, you're not obeying. And many times we get into relationships, we get into financial disasters because we didn't hear God's voice. You will provoke the workings of the word by obeying the word. It's the word of God that you act upon that removes all shame. And that's why on Sunday when I was speaking about giving, giving to man and giving to God, it wasn't coming from a legalistic point of view. It was coming from what does your heart say? What does the word of God say to you? Stare the water of your circumstances by acting on the word. Because Peter responded to the word, 
not his sweat. Not all winners sweat to win. Not all what winners sweat to win. The society says you have to work 17 hours to be successful. My God, just says work hard and I will bless the works of your hands. The, my God says to me, don't follow the world. The world says keep fishing until you find it. God says put your net over and you will catch a fish. The world says there is famine here. Let's go into another profession because this profession which we are has dried up. God says invest in that profession that has dried up and I will make you prosper. That's what he did to Isaac. So in the same famine land and the land didn't obey the sweat of Isaac. It obeyed the voice Isaac was following. And, and teaching us, as I round this entire series of how you need to learn to be financially obedient. So I started this message reeling out, um, 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 uh, reeling out what we spoke about last week. Because if I don't, you won't understand where we're going into. How do I become financially obedient? Number one, you've got to trust the source, not the channel. We need to change this clock. It's confusing. I actually thought we were still five minutes to eight. Uh, we've got to trust the source and not the channel. You've got to trust your own watch and not what they put up there. You've got to trust the source and not the channel. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we confuse the channel with the source. How do you know when you're doing this? Is when you start to look to something else instead of God. Color may help me out, but color is not my source. He is the channel which God is using. So my entire appreciation and obligation is to my God, not him becoming my Lord and my source of income. The fact that he gave me money last week doesn't mean I have to look to him to give me money this week. Let me go a bit further. The fact that your parents bailed you out last week and you now depend upon them to continue to bail you out, that brook may dry up very soon because your parents are actually not your source. They are a channel. And many of us are fighting our parents because they're saying they can no more fund you and you're saying, why can't you fund me? Am I not your child? No. They've done their best. When you look unto God, you will find a way. That's the reason why many of us will not buy our own properties because we are comfortable where we're staying in our parents' house. 
You're not spending, so you are you 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 are comfortable with the money. Let, let me say let me say this. Somebody came to me recently, some some time ago, and said to me, "Okay, I want to travel. You know, I want to go to Africa. I want to go and stay there. I want to go and do that. I think God is calling me and all that." I said, "I, I, I don't have a problem, but I'm going to give you a year. I want to know how much income you're earning." Yeah, yeah, fine, that's okay, Pastor, and all that. And they went for a year. And when I came, oh, well, Pastor, I've got a job, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. I said, can your income that you're receiving now pay for an accommodation, pay for your child to go to school, and put food on your table? Because the income she was receiving was like pocket money. Because she's still living in her, in her uncle's house driving her uncle's car and thinks she's successful. What if the uncle is no more there? What happens? You enter into financial depression because your whole hope and your source is in, in person and not God. Likewise, let me break it a bit down. Many of you feel that your job is your source. Your job is a resource, not the source. So I must decide to continue to look to God to supply all my needs than to look to a man. It's very important. Because if you're going to get out of debt, you have to make up your mind that God will help me if I obey him. And not looking for a miracle of a sign was being sent to you while you're still sitting down at home eating bread and croissants in the morning. Anytime you start to worry, it is a warning light that you have stopped looking to God as your source. That's the reason that you will never give to God what he asks you to give and you will continue to argue about tithes and offering and all that because your source is not God. You think you own the money, but you don't realize that it is through God that you are where you are today. What if I lose my job? So what? Because if God turns one channel off, he has another provision for you somewhere else. He said to, he said to Elijah, he says to him, the, the, the brook dried up. The brook dried up. Where he was getting water and sustenance, it dried up. It dried up. And when it dried up, God says, go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow, someone who has no money, to feed you. So he goes to this widow. He says, you want me to give you food? I'm about to cook this last meal and die. So obviously, if his source was the widow, he will go back and question God, how can I go to a widow who has no money? But God says, that is where I will provide for you. And that's the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this. Even if you're going into business, Stop looking for people to authenticate your business before you step out. Stop looking for support. Your greatest support is supposed to be heaven. He, God provided a food, food rest when there was nothing to feed the 5,000 in the wilderness. He provided a fish rest 
when they, they had toiled all night and caught nothing. And Jesus just appeared and he says, you know what? Put it overboard. Our fishes will come. And they came. When they were getting married and the wine ran out, Jesus stepped in and gave wine. God has the ability to provide for your need. When he knows that you do not take anybody as your source but him, God. Let me go a little bit deeper. So get rid of the credit card. Because your credit card has become your idol and your God, your source, your security. Just in case I run out of money. That's not what a credit card is there for. Do a budget. Stop overspending. I have a credit card. I use a credit card. But I use a credit card to get points. I'm the worst customer they ever have. And they, I will be the worst for them they will ever have. Because they're not getting any interest from me. I use them. I keep looking which one is good. Now I found out British Airways credit card, good. It will give you avious points. It will give me free, free tickets when I use it up to a certain extent. So my petrol, my stuff, and all that is used on my credit card. That, the budget is already there. You hear me what I'm saying? Not at, I don't pay it at the end of the month. It is pay as you go. So if I pay petrol for £60 or £80, I can buy it three or four times and then I just transfer the money there because there is a budget for it already. I'm just using it to be credit worthy and to accumulate points because I want to use them. Not like I will use the credit card as my buffer. Every time, and I've said this, if you can't get rid of your credit card, that credit card has become your source. The widow believed that God can clear her debt because she trusted the source, not the channel. It wasn't the prophet she was looking for. Because many people are looking for people, give me money. And that person will now say, I, I want to give you money, but let me teach you how to fish than to give you a fish. Yeah, but right now you don't know what I'm going through. Let me teach you how to fish than to give you a fish. Ah, you see these, these, these selfish people. Let me teach you because if I give you the money to pay for your rent this month, what is going to happen next month? You're still going to come and fight me. So God, is, God said to the woman, let me teach you how to make money. Take these borrowed vessels, sell, get, when the oil comes in there, go and sell it. She wasn't trusting the prophet because if she trusted the prophet, she would be telling the prophet, I, didn't you put a stick in the water and the axe floated? Didn't you raise someone from the dead? Just give me money that I can use to pay off the debt. Because what the prophet told her to do was a process. It didn't happen immediately. Unlike some of us Pentecostal rascals that are looking for a 24-hour turnaround. It's a process. It's a process. And when you follow the process, God can accelerate it because he says, I will hasten my word to perform it. 
Not, not just things have to happen like that. Five years it took the online Bible woman to buy a property. Yet you want to just do it in five years. When I made this calculation of 30,000 over five years, that means it's five times 12, which is 60, divided by 30,000. I found out that the lady was saving a minimum of 500,000 a month. So what? And because we now have God who puts his hands on our hands and blesses us, we may not need to spend five years. But God wants to see what are you going to do? What is in your house? What is in your heart? What can you do? Do you obey me? God may even say the money you have, sow it to someone else. To test and to see. But we're just so disobedient in this era that we just want everything quick. We won't do an extra job. We won't do an extra save. We won't do anything. We, we, we will still hear the word. And you've heard the word. But we'll still go out and still buy that coffee. We'll still not cook. We'll still not do anything. No matter how much the pastor shouts. Mm, he doesn't understand what I'm going through. No. You have to be willing and obedient. Number two, how do you become financially obedient? Not only trusting the source and not the channel, but you've got to trust God's way and not your way. That's the two major points from that scripture. You can only obtain financial redemption and peace by doing it God's way or financial calamity and sorrow Doing it your way. This is not a place where you would DIY. This is a place where you would trust God. So this woman, she obeyed the prophet. She acted on the word of the prophet. She was willing and obedient and she did it God's way. That's the reason why I was dealing with someone about their finances and I said, okay, let's do a budget. The first thing I put up there, your Abrahamic elective tithe. Uh, and I said, ah, Pastor, and you know I want to buy a property. I said, if you eliminate God out of what you want to do, you will never reach that place. Yes, I'm in debt. You got yourself in debt. So can I not do this for a while? Do what? You didn't say that when you were buying the shoes, when you were buying the clothes, when you were going on holidays, you know that holiday you paid for, that you paid from your credit card that you don't have. And people have been obedient. I said it last, was it last week when I said the lady was going on holiday? I said, you're not going. It wasn't in the budget. But I paid for it. No, you're not. Well, pastor, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. You can cry and say sorry from here. To, you're not going. Then I will lose 800 pounds. Good. You're not going. Because when you still go there, you're in debt. I'm trying to care your debt. Ask them. See how much you can get back. Maybe some money from taxes. Not a lot. But it's still cheaper than going there and spending another thousand pounds on accommodation. When you're in debt, the question I ask is a simple thing. Am I wicked? I'm not. What money are you going to use to pay for the accommodation? What money? Uh, I'm like, I'll 
pull off your weave. You're not thinking. Maybe if I pull the weave off, maybe there will be air enough for you to be able to think. This is simple. Take the weave off so your head can breathe. Because <laughs> it looks like I'm wicked. And if I want to anoint you, I don't, look, take the thing off. You're just not thinking. If your brain thinks as long as your weave, then you will not be asking me this question. You're not going. It was just as simple as that. Is she out of debt now? Yes, because she obeyed the word. Let me say this. If you, if you don't listen to anything tonight, Remember this, disobedience makes the journey longer. Disobedience makes the journey longer. Israel spent 40 years walking in the wilderness. Don't marry this person. You know God didn't speak, you know nothing is happening. He now disobeyed. Everyone danced. (laughs) Everyone danced. It looked like you were in cloud nine. The other lady who knew that, "Mm, you know what, I will wait. You that were dancing, you were dancing in front of her saying, but I told you to go out with that guy. But you knew that guy doesn't follow God. So you waited. You still celebrated with God. Maybe you were even the chief's bridesmaid. And it looked like she's on a great, good journey until weeks after, maybe months after, maybe after a child, you're now back to square one because the guy has left, everything is left. The journey becomes longer. Maybe if you had waited for a while, you would have a permanent residence than this temporary situation. And you're tripping all the way into calamity. Disobedience does what? It makes the journey longer. It looks like it is a shortcut now, but it makes the journey longer. If you don't cut the credit card now, the credit card will come and cut you. There are no freebies. Trust me. Until we, my wife and I, sat down to obey God, we never got out of financial calamity. And it was just a simple thing. God says, I didn't tell you to do business. There's no business that comes our way. We'll say no to it. In the future, maybe, if God says yes, he says, but God, but over the last eight years, he has provided for our needs. You know why? Because we don't buy things at the same cost other people buy it. God has a way of bringing it to us cheaper, half the price, or bring people around us that will help us. One guy, one day, my boiler packed up. He came and they walked. I was in church leading a prayer and fasting. He was in my house with his colleague, unbeliever doing my boiler. We got back home and they were still there till 4 a.m. And it, it didn't work. 
He left disappointed. But we just woke up in the morning and I was like, ah, this place is hot, this place is hot. I touched the, the radiator. It was hot. It was working. Both them and the Holy Spirit made it work together. It's still working. And it will continue to work. <laughs> just like, but you know what? They repaired it, but they didn't take a dime from me. Said, Pastor, this boiler is about to pack up, but they've been telling me this for 12 years. But you know what? God still helps me. When, when, when it's time to change the the money will come. But as for now, He keeps it in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on the. You will get things cheaper when you obey God. Naaman, who was a leper, did it God's way. And he was killed. Jacob had to come and do it God's way. And he became the greatest man that walked in his time. Even if it doesn't make sense, do it. The issue is not whether it makes or it doesn't make sense. The issue is obedience. Are you going to follow the wisdom that the counselor gives you? Or are you going to continue to do things the same way that you've always done them, even though that was what got you into the mess in the beginning? So let's, let's, let's bring it down to modern times. The, the woman came to the prophet, and the prophet gave her instructions of what to do. So you have come to the prophet. Now, the prophet has given you instructions what to do. And this is why I look at this eating glass and this foolishness thing. Because the prophet gave the woman practical solutions. No spiritual mumbo jumbo, all that nonsense. Practical. Go and get what do you have. First question practical. Did he say, I can see that it is your mother-in-law. There's somebody named and Taliqua is the one that is destroying your business. Rubbish. You're in debt. First, you is the prophet. Why didn't you first ask, how did you get there? You'll find out that Taliqua was in China while you were racking up the credit card. Nothing. She wasn't in the world. Practical solutions. Practical. Worship Tabernacle is shaping lives. Then your dream will be fulfilled and guarantee will be success. It will guarantee your success. Other churches is come. We will guarantee your success. And maybe your life will be shaped. It doesn't work like that. The prophet says, what do you have? So the questions we're supposed to be asking is, what do you have? The second thing he said is, go get, speak to your neighbors. Go out and do something. Third thing is sell. What do you have? Budget. Okay, let's do your budget. That's the last time I see some people. So you say, Pastor, I want to buy a house. I want to, ah, I've got to buy, I've got to buy my own property. Okay, let's start with your budget. <laughs> That's the problem. Yes, it is. Because you cannot come to me for asking Kevin to open on to stupidity. Practical solutions. 
any church, any prophet, any man of God that's not giving you practical solutions. He's not a man of God. The man of God didn't say, oh, your husband has died. Come and live with me. Come and sleep with me. I will pass the anointing of financial prosperity to you. These things happen. But listen, but there's the second aspect to it. Many people don't follow the practical truth because they feel it is not spectacular. We're talking about the practical, not the spectacular. God does not walk in the spectacular. He walks in the supernatural. And that's why in her obedience, the supernatural came into place. When Jesus was healing the people, they were looking for the spectacular, the water to, 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 to be stirred. Jesus walked by and said, stand up and walk. And the man walked. He walked and everybody else saw the man walk. And you didn't follow after. You didn't even know. If I was sitting there and I found out that I didn't need to go look for the spectacular, I would ask the guy, ah, 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 you're walking. We, we were sitting there for 38 years. How did you know? Oh, Jesus. I will run after Jesus. But many of them were still looking for the spectacular. Many people are looking for the spectacular in financial breakthroughs. And it's not happening. It is the practical. And God breathes over it. If you want to prove me wrong, go to this office and evaluate. I've been here for eight years. What has changed? But you know why we don't want to do it? It's because it's not convenient. Most times it's not convenient. God doesn't want us to do it our own way, but his way. Naaman wanted to do it his own way. God said, no, the prophet is not coming out. Go dip yourself in the water. Oh, I thought when I came to Pastor Ty, he would prophesy and anoint me. No. God may tell you to do some certain things. A woman came to me in that room right at the back. Said, Pastor, I'm in financial difficulty, this, this, this. I asked what church she went to. Then I knew I'm not going to pray. There's no point. I can't outplay that church. They pray like no man's business. So I said, bring your credit card. And I caught the credit card. When she thought it was prayer, she was angry. But the result today was that in one year, we cleared 60,000 pounds. In one year, I'm not lying to you. The following year, she bought her own property. Then she was able to send her child to go and do her master's. Practical things. It wasn't convenient. It wasn't convenient. But unless you humble yourself, things are not going to happen. Because the oldest temptation is not lost. It's not lying. It's not gluttony. The oldest temptation is the temptation to doubt God's word. The devil will always give you an alternative and a reason to disobey. We have just finished doing your budget. And then your mom or somebody comes in and now says, oh, there's something important. Oh, we need to travel. We need to go there. It is legitimate, but it is illegitimate in the vision that you've just received. The old, the old prophet says, eat food. God said to the man, don't eat. And he disobeyed God and died. The devil will always try to give you an alternative. So he gave Eve an alternative. If you are ever going to get out of financial calamity, you've got to stick with the vision. Get off the treadmill. You have been doing the same thing, walking the same route, saying the same things, and you're surprised why things are not changing. 
You are only going to rise by breaking away from old habits, abandoning old ideas, and doing the things God told you to do. Most people want to change their circumstance. Let me repeat this again. You may take this home. Most people want to change their circumstance to improve their lives instead of changing themselves to improve their circumstance. You must be willing to initiate recovery lifestyles activity. Making even the smallest changes to your daily routine can help you feel less bored and less depressed. It applies to what you eat. It applies to your exercise. It applies to your financial acumen. It applies to getting answers. A couple, after I finished, came to me and says, Pastor, this is the money we're doing. We're doing well. Our finances is in order. We're paying, but what can we do with this excess? You see, these are people who are thinking about the future. Said, okay, you know what? Let me get you a financial advisor to just help you on these little tiny things left that you can consolidate your future. Because remember, life goes quick like that. God wants you to be obedient, even in giving to him. I'm sorry to use this, but there's a gentleman who is at the back. He made his, he, when we were doing premarital, he says when they were getting married, there, there was the temptation of him giving his tithe to pay for something for the wedding. And but he just said, no, no, if God can't pay for it, then that's the end of the show. I will give God my tithes and what I always have to give him. He will supply for the rest. And they had their wedding and he supplied for it. Because when what belongs to God gets to God, he will release what belongs to you to you. No salary or knowledge can match an open heaven. It is the windows of heaven that God will open, not the pockets of man. Our financial seed is not a donation to help the church, the ministers, or to pay for the church, but it's a spiritual transaction in worship to to provoke a divine intervention of favor. And so when you learn to give to God and obey God, heavens will open to you. But trying to just use your own earthly wisdom, your own stuff to try to manipulate the system and take shortcuts will cause a delay in the breakthrough of your life. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what is called financial obedience. Did you get anything from it? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.